our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, everyone. My name is Audrey, and I am the prickliest girl in my class. I was nicknamed a witch because I cut off my entire environment from me. In the blink of an eye, I cut off relationships with friends, acquaintances, and even my boyfriend. Have you ever done that? I'll tell you how it happened, and most importantly, why I decided to burn bridges after all. There were a lot of different people in my class. I had my own friends, my friend Evie, April, and my boyfriend Edgar. The four of us went together everywhere. They even called us the foursome. I adored my friends and loved my boyfriend. We could share everything, and I knew these guys would always support me. However, there was one thing I never did or told even them. My mom used to say I was good. She really thought my friends were my reward. Someday I'll meet them, I promise you. I'll do anything to make sure you don't feel ashamed, she said. And then one day, life was divided. I drew a line and decided I didn't need these people anymore. I missed a couple of days of school and didn't answer my phone. Evie, April, and Edgar kept calling and texting, but I just ignored their messages. I walked into class and didn't even look in their direction and just sat down at my desk. The guys in my boyfriend's faces stretched. They ran up and started hugging me and asking me questions. And I said, I'm sorry guys, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Are you kidding me? What's wrong? Tell me, is it something at home? Audrey, why? I stared at the spot in front of me and didn't even blink. Amanda walked by, the pest in my life. Amanda is a girl from a wealthy family who hadn't been taught to respect other people's lives, and what she loved more than anything was gossip and intrigue. Just like that, our Audrey suddenly became a witch. None of your business, Amanda, just piss off. Why? She's my classmate too, and I'm also wondering what happened that she suddenly doesn't want to talk to any of you. Or maybe you two hooked up with Edgar? I'll give you something better to do with your face. Would you like that? April clenched her fists, but Edgar stopped her. Just, I'll talk to you later. Amanda, stay out of this. This is just the beginning. My friends sat back down, and I just kept looking at the blackboard in the classroom. They were waiting for an explanation, but there wasn't one, so I headed for the door. At the school gate, someone grabbed my arm and turned me around, and it was Edgar. He stared into my eyes, his voice shaking and his hands shaking, asking what was wrong, where his mistake was. I told him coldly, I don't love you anymore. It was like he got electrocuted. He cringed, his eyes reddened, he was in great pain, and I turned and walked on. For what? For what? He shouted after me. I got home, threw off my bags, and went about my chores. In my chat room, my classmates kept talking about me. 
a witch. She's a witch. Yeah, she didn't even say hello to her friends or her boyfriend. Apparently, she showed her real face. I reread those messages over and over again, and my insides clenched with anger. Then my mom walked into my room. Audrey, honey, how are you? I haven't heard from your friends in a while. How's Edgar? My mom asked. I told her that they were doing well. Evie was about to fly to the Czech Republic for a couple of days' vacation with her mom. April had gotten a new car, and Edgar was continuing to help out with a family business. Mom smiled. I'm glad your friends are doing well. They really love you, Mom said. And then I cried. Then I packed up my things, kissed my mom, and told her I'd go get medicine after work. I ran to one of the buildings, put on my uniform, grabbed a mop, and started mopping the floors. And as luck would have it, the elevator broke down. I had to run between floors on foot with a bucket and rags in my hands. Three hours later, I came out of there tired, and I forgot to take off my uniform and gloves. Shit, I said, and wanted to go in there again, but came face to face with Amanda. I was confused. No one in the class was supposed to know that I worked as a janitor. I put my face down and walked past her as fast as I could. The next day, she met me in class. Hey, Audrey, will you mop the floors here? She asked loudly, but I didn't say anything. April then walked over to me. Hey, is everything okay? What is she talking about? She asked me, but I didn't even look at her. April threatened Amanda with her fist, and Evie came over to me and put her hand on my shoulder. Amanda opened her mouth and started saying, I went to my dad's work yesterday, and you know who I met there? I had to do something to stop her from speaking. Evie tilted her head and asked if everything was okay, but I abruptly got up from my chair and yelled at her, Why are you sticking it to me? Amanda shut up. It worked. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. You're nobody to me anymore, I said loudly. You're all nothing here. I walked out of the classroom. At that moment, I made a firm decision to quit school, and I left. On my way home, I saw an ad for another job. I was immediately hired and handed out promotional stickers. Afterward, I would run home, drop off my mother's medication, and then go back to my cleaning job. I worked at such a frantic pace for more than a month, with no days off. My mother still didn't know that I dropped out of school. I decided not to burden her as she was already sick. She had back problems, and it turned out she had a spinal hernia. An expensive operation was required, for which I had to earn the money. Hello? Yes, Mom, hi. Oh, I'm busy right now. I'll call you later, okay? No, that's okay. I just got out of school. I'm going to the cafe with Edgar. Do you want me to grab you something nice? Okay, all right. Come on. I love you. Bye-bye. I talked to her on the phone and sat down on the floor I had just scrubbed clean and cried bitter tears. My arms and legs were aching. Then the alarm sounded, and I changed my clothes and ran to my third job. Young lady, can you hurry up with my order? Why are you so slow? What, a tip? You're the worst person to serve me. Who hires people like you? Are you armless? My floors are better. Who gives out flyers like that? You have to speak louder and smile, smile. That's what I'd been hearing lately. Because of poor nutrition and lack of sleep, I couldn't work properly, but I tried so hard. Sometimes I remembered the days when my friends fed me delicious food, and I never even once invited them to my house because I was ashamed, ashamed of the poverty and misery in which my mother and I lived. I didn't want them to know about it. All these years, I'd been pretending that we were living well while I was working. And when my mother got sick and my uncle ditched us for money, 
I finally realized that I couldn't tell them about it. I'd rather be a cold bitch than a miserable beggar. Meanwhile, the chat room continued to write nasty things about me. Only Evie, April, and Edgar weren't responding to the messages, and they weren't defending me anymore either. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted. Poverty was my vice. A couple more weeks later, I got sick, and my work rhythm was cut in half. I was on my knees scrubbing floors and breathing heavily. I had a fever. Hey, Audrey, no running away this time. Thought I wouldn't recognize you. Amanda, back off. What did you say? Amanda kicked the bucket, and all the dirt spilled all over the floor, which I just finished cleaning. Is that why you bailed? What, ashamed of being poor? So much so that you decided to get rid of your friends and your boyfriend? God, that's noble. You did the right thing, though, you know. Being friends with bums isn't exactly promising. Who said she stopped being friends with us? Came a voice from behind me. I turned around and saw April. She walked up to Amanda, clenched her fist, and said, <laughs> I've wanted to do this for a long time. But Amanda screamed and ran away. April helped me up. I was embarrassed. How long have you known? I asked her. April, looking into my eyes, said, A couple of days ago I saw you at the cafe. And I saw you handing out flyers, Evie said. Oh no, the girls. They cleaned the floors for me, then they took me home. I opened the door, and there was the pleasant smell of food coming from the kitchen. Hey, I finally got your house. What? What are you doing here? You're not the only one. It's our first time at her house, too. Nice house. Why didn't you let us in? She was afraid you'd empty her fridge, like me. The girls laughed and came up to my smiling mom to get acquainted, and Edgar came up to me. Sorry, I... It's okay. We are the ones who are sorry that it took us so long to understand. It was only later that we understood why you did this. I love you, and I don't intend to say no just because you're in trouble. We're a team. I cried. You know, I'd been so wrong about them. They helped me make money. Edgar, thanks to his father's connections, found my uncle and he paid off the debt. And a year later, my mom and I did a good repair on the house and I was reinstated to the school. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi, my name is Kira, and recently, memory lapses almost ruined my life. Now I'm back to normal and remember almost everything with ease. Well, my memory problems didn't start at birth. All junior high and first years of high school, I remembered absolutely everything. I was a great student, memorized stuff easily, and even helped my friends with their lessons. Kira has a phenomenal memory, the teacher said. She can memorize long poems, formulas, and dates very quickly. You have to use that ability. My parents were thrilled. They complimented me all the time and said that they had high hopes for my amazing memory. I won school competitions. I was the best in my class and even in the whole school. However, my triumph didn't last long. If in junior high school, they still wanted to be friends with me because I was the smartest, then in high school, of course, 
I had my detractors. Those of you who are at least once the best at something know how it is. One day you get a round of applause, and the next day they're calling you names behind your back. That's exactly what happened to me. My first enemy was Olivia. We went to different schools in junior high, and she was the best at hers. Now she had a rival in my person. At first, Olivia took my progress as a challenge. Kira, congratulations, you did the best on the test. My teacher complimented me one day. Olivia snorted loudly and hissed, leaning toward her friend. Big deal, one time. Let's see who's the best next week. But next week too, my test was judged the best. And next week, and the next week. That's how Olivia knew I wasn't just a misunderstanding, but a real competitor and an enemy. One day, a classmate caught me in the school hallway, pinned me against the wall and blurted it out. Listen you, if you think you're the smartest, I hasten to disappoint you. I've collected every award in my school and I'm going to do it again. But what can I do if I have a perfect memory? I shrugged my shoulders. Just admit it that you're number two now, that's all. Olivia recoiled from me and stared wide-eyed. She looked like I'd punched her in the face. Number two? We'll see about that. I would do anything to make my parents proud. And the classmate wasn't lying. I wasn't too worried at the time. What's she gonna do? Kill me? That's ridiculous. I didn't even tell my parents about the story, but Olivia was determined. She and her friends were going to teach me a lesson. The girls broke into my locker, stuffed it full of books, and broke the lock. When I tried to open the locker door to put my things, it didn't open right away. I pulled the door as hard as I could. It flew open, and a ton of heavy books and textbooks fell on my head. In fact, that was the beginning of the worst chapter of my life. After the blows on my head, I lost consciousness. I didn't know what kind of books those bitches had put in there. Probably all the volumes of a medical encyclopedia. I woke up already in the hospital. The first thing I saw were my parents' upset faces. Kira, my mother exclaimed. How are you feeling, honey? What happened? I couldn't remember anything at all. My parents told me about the locker in the books. The doctors reassured my parents. They said it was just a minor bruise and that it wouldn't affect my life in any way. For about an hour, my mom and dad calmed me down and promised me I'd be home in a couple of days. You need more sleep now, he said. Dad stroked my head. We'll definitely visit you tomorrow. But at that moment, I suddenly looked at my parents fearfully and asked, Where am I? What happened? And that's when mom and dad realized that the bruise wasn't so minor. Yes, I had blackouts and they reoccurred so often that every hour, my parents had to from the beginning to tell me where I was and what had happened. The doctors were just throwing up their hands. They took all the necessary x-rays and found nothing wrong. From that moment on, however, my life changed completely. At first, my parents still hoped that returning to my familiar surroundings would help me with my memory lapses. However, on the first day, I had a real tantrum when I suddenly found myself in the middle of the school hallway. I had completely forgotten how I woke up this morning, how I was going to school, and I didn't remember the way to school either. No, schooling is out of the question, said a worried dad. Only distance learning. But distance learning wasn't gonna do any good either. Once I had learned something, within an hour, I couldn't remember anything I'd learned. That's how my successes ended. And most importantly, I didn't know who had set up the textbook incident. I vaguely remember disturbing Olivia's life, 
but I couldn't remember our last conversation or anything that might have pointed to a classmate. But I was sure that one day I would remember everything and find the culprit that was phenomenal. My memory would now be considered by the Dory Fish. About a week after I switched, after I switched to homeschooling, someone rang our doorbell. I went downstairs and froze. Standing on the doorstep was Olivia and her friends. My mom, who had opened the door for guests, I think she was confused too. I'd been sick the whole time. None of my classmates or school friends had ever come to see me. Oh, that's right. I don't have any friends. Kira, how are you feeling? We came to check on you. Olivia seemed very sincere, and so did the girls who decided to keep her company. Seemed pretty friendly. I sensed some kind of unease, but I couldn't figure out what I didn't like. My mother invited my classmates into the house. She set the table, and we all sat down for tea. You really don't remember anything at all? Olivia asked me thoughtfully. I remember things until I black out. I don't remember much since then, since I came to my senses. I explained. What do the doctors say? Will your memory come back? My mom explained to the girls that the doctors are trying to help me. But so far, the therapy is having very little effect. The girls were relieved and looked at each other. I was very pleased that they cared about me. However, by the end of the tea party, I had lost some of my memory again. Olivia? Girls? What are you doing here? I stared at the guests in surprise, and they stared at me. Your friends are here to see you, said my mother patiently. Friends? I don't remember having any friends at all. Olivia suddenly jumped to me and took my hand. Of course we're friends, Kira. You're so good, and you're about to be the best in school again. The girl almost cried, and I smiled back at her. Weird. My scrappy memories were telling me that she and I were major enemies. But how could an enemy care so much? I must have got it all wrong. One morning, my mother left me home alone. She needed to get to the office right away. I'll sign the papers and be right back, honey. Don't worry, I smiled. I'll just lie down and watch the show. Nothing will happen. But about 15 minutes after mom left, the doorbell rang. I had to go downstairs and open it. There was Olivia on the doorstep. Hi, Kira. I took the afternoon off from class and I thought, why don't we go for a walk together? You probably don't get out of the house at all. Yeah, I rarely went out and I only went out with my parents. We were always in a hurry to get back before I'd forgotten everything again. I don't even know. It was scary to leave home without my mom and dad, but Olivia was my friend. We'll just go for a ride in the park and come back. I got changed, got on my friend's bike, and we rode. We rode quite a long time. I was beginning to get worried. In general, I remembered my neighborhood, but at some point I realized I didn't recognize the houses and cafes we were passing. Aren't we far away? I got worried. No, we're right down the street. Olivia smiled. You poor thing, your memory lapses. I calmed down. Yes, it was probably my memory that was playing tricks on me again. Finally, we stopped. I got off the bike and looked around. There were only abandoned houses and deserted streets around. This isn't a park. I think I took a wrong turn. Olivia was puzzled. Let me ask someone for directions because my phone is dead. The phone, I forgot all about it. My cell phone is on the bed in my room. I must hurry back in case my mother comes looking for me. Stay here and don't go anywhere, my friend told me and drove around the corner. And then I lost my memory again. I found myself in the middle of an unfamiliar street with no memory of how I got here. I was in such a panic. 
What am I gonna do now? Where are my parents? And where is my home? Why didn't I have my phone with me? And where had all the people gone? Crying, I sat down on the sidewalk. Hey, miss. I looked up and saw a man. He was looking out the window of his car, coming out of nowhere. Is something wrong? I'm lost. I don't know where I am or how to get home. Wow. Do you remember your address? I'll give you a lift. The man seemed friendly enough. He got out of the car and headed towards me. But then my memory, which had failed me time and again, reminded me of maniacs and murderers who also look nice and then lure their victims into a trap. Stay away from me! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Miss, I'm a policeman. The man went to his pocket for some reason. I thought for sure he was going to kill me. So I jumped up and ran down the street as far as I could see. But I didn't run for long. I tripped on the uneven pavement and fell down, hitting my head as hard as I could. I woke up again in the hospital. And again, my parents were leaning over me. Kira! My mother was crying now. Did you find me? That's good. I went with Olivia and I got lost and that man. You remember everything? Yes. After another stroke, my memory magically came back to me. And now I remember everything. The feud with Olivia and her threats and how she showed up at my house pretending to be my friend. Sometimes people cross the line to be the best they can be. Like Olivia, trying to get her parents' approval. She went completely off the rails. My classmate was just trying to teach me a lesson by doing that prank with the textbooks. But when I lost my memory, I realized I overreacted. It's one thing to have a bump, but it's another to lose consciousness and amnesia. Olivia was afraid of getting kicked out of school for that prank, or even go to jail. So she first made sure I remembered very little, and then decided to play it safe and take me away to another neighborhood, leaving me alone. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what would have happened to me if it hadn't been for that policeman. Even on his day off, he couldn't get past a damsel in distress. Olivia didn't go to jail, but now she has to work with a psychologist all the time. And I'm back to being the best student ever. If you were me, would you forgive Olivia? Be sure to share your thoughts in the comments below this clip. Hi everyone, I'm Alice, and I really love pets. Do you have pets at home? As for our family, we have a cat and a lion. Yup, you heard right, a real lion. My dad is a veterinarian and my mom is a zoologist. She works for an animal welfare organization. That's why they often have to travel around the world to help animals that got into trouble. I love my parents and I'm proud of what they do, but I'm often left alone for a long time because they are away a lot. Well, not all alone. I have a cat, Tom. Tom has lived with us for a very long time. He is the rightful owner of the house, and like all the family members, he has his own duties. For example, Tom is an alarm clock for me. In the morning, he climbs on top of me and starts licking my face. I simply can't fight off the annoying cat, so I have to leave my warm bed. I wash up, feed my cat, and then I have an ordinary day, just like any 15-year-old teenager would have. My parents came back from another trip. They were dressed as if they had just returned from a safari. Mom said that this time they helped in building a nature reserve in South Africa. Usually, we would gather in the living room after each trip, and I would listen to their adventure stories open-mouthed. 
It always ended in the same way. I begged my parents to take me with them, but they said I was still too young and I had to finish school first. I thought that since I couldn't go with them to different countries and watch wild animals, then we could go to our local zoo altogether. I thought it was a great idea, but my mother didn't like it because she hates zoos. She says that the animals are kept there in terrible conditions and are cooped up in cramped cages. Maybe it's true, and maybe she's right, but I didn't think about it. I just wanted to see with my own eyes all the wonderful animals about which they talked so much. Mom understood me. She realized what it was like to listen to the stories about adventures without participating in them, so she agreed to go to the zoo as a family. We went there the next weekend. It simply blew me away. It may sound silly, but I was 15 and I knew everything about animals from my parents' stories, but I never saw them live. I ran from one enclosure with animals to another until I finally got to the cage with lions. I watched those big cats move slowly but very gracefully around the enclosure. Then my parents came over. A small fluffy lump caught my attention. It was breathing hard and fast. The lump lay all alone. I pointed it out to my mom. Mom gasped and ran away somewhere at the same moment. Dad and I followed her. We found her in the administration building where she was arguing loudly with the director. From their argument, I realized that the fluffy lump was a little lion cub and its mother had given up on it. She said that the lion cub was in a critical condition, and if no one helped it right away, it would die. The director said that it was a normal process and it just needed some time to adapt. However, he had to give in when my mother showed him her zoologist certificate. Mom and Dad went to the director's office. I stayed in the corridor and waited for them. In the evening, I asked many questions, but for some reason they didn't answer me and said that I would see everything myself soon. In the morning, I realized what they meant. In the morning, Tom woke me up again and I went down to the kitchen to feed him. But you can't even imagine how surprised I was when I saw a little lion cub eating from the cat's bowl. It was the same lump I had seen the day before. I rushed to caress and stroke him. Then my mother came in. She said that the little lion would live with us for a while until it recovered. Mom was the only person in the city who had sufficient experience, so she volunteered to take care of it, and I was supposed to be her assistant. Mom also added that I should be careful with the lion cub because it limped. When I realized that a real king of beasts would live in our house, I was on cloud nine. I would finally participate in my parents' adventures. I was the happiest teenager ever. Alex, that's what I call the lion cub, and I were always together. When I was at school, I couldn't wait to come home and play with him. Once, I even woke up in the morning because Alex was licking me, and Tom was sitting contentedly on the side of the bed and watching it all. Tom seemed to teach him to do it. On the whole, Tom was like a father to Alex, and the lion cub tried to repeat after him. So Alex and I played, swam in the backyard, and even watched TV. One morning, I woke up as usual because someone was licking me. When I opened my eyes, I nearly jumped out of my bed. 
a huge lion with a hairy mane was sitting on me. No, Alex didn't grow up in one day. The thing was that a year had gone by. We spent so much time together with him that I didn't even notice how he had turned into an adult lion. All this time, my parents were up and doing. They tried to release Alex into the wild where other lions lived, but his forepaws were still injured and releasing him into the wild meant his inevitable death because he wouldn't be able to get any food for himself. Therefore, he still lived with us. In fact, the big cat caused a lot of inconvenience. He was becoming a predator and animal instincts were arousing in him. One evening, the whole family was watching a show about zebras. When Alex was a lion cub, he watched them with curiosity. But now, as soon as Alex saw the zebras, he got up on four legs and pushed off. He jumped right onto the screen to catch his prey, but he just pushed the TV set instead of a zebra. The TV set crashed and Alex hid behind the sofa, frightened by the sparks. Dad carefully cut off the power to the TV set. Mom and Dad began to clean up and discuss what had happened. My parents told me and Alex to go to my room. I realized that it was no good. Alex realized it too. When I sat down on the bed in my room, he came up to me and put his muzzle on my knees. In the morning, I was getting ready for school. That day I was in a hurry and I forgot something. Do you think I forgot my keys or my phone? No, I forgot to lock the door. And it would be fine, but Alex knew that if he put his paws on the door handle, it would open. My classmates and I were in the park near the school. Suddenly, I heard screams and yells, and then a whole bunch of children ran towards the playground. At first, I didn't understand what was happening, but I heard the word lion among the children's cries. I looked into the distance, and I saw my Alex running towards me, limping on his forepaws. He jumped on me and knocked me off my feet. The kids on the playground screamed that the lion wanted to eat Alice. But the lion didn't want to eat me, he was just licking my face, and I laughed out loud. Then the viewers began to woo, but there were no daredevils who went down to stroke the cute lion. Of course, a lion walking freely around the city and jumping on teenagers couldn't be ignored, so a few minutes later a police car, which was patrolling the area nearby, drove up to us. However, the officers were scared and didn't dare to get out of the car right away. They did it only after they saw that I was stroking the lion. They were clearly at a loss and didn't know how to react to that. When one of the police officers wanted to approach us, Alex began to roar, which scared everyone around. I guess Alex thought that the officer wanted to harm me and he warned him not to do it with his menacing roar. The police realized that I was the only person the lion obeyed, so they asked me to put him into the patrol car. I followed their instructions in order not to frighten the others. At first, I sat in the back of the car, and then Alex joined me. We could hardly fit there together. The cops were scared, but the metal mesh between the back and front of the car gave them some confidence. However, I saw them jump up in fear whenever Alex roared. This amused me a lot, and I could hardly keep from laughing. The officers listened carefully to my explanations and talked to my mother on the phone. After that, they decided to take us back home. 
My parents were already waiting for us in front of the house, and they told us to go inside. The police officer said that they were obliged to inform the city administration to resolve the problem. Mom looked sad and told them that everything had already been settled. I found out at home how everything had been settled. It took my dad a lot of time to figure out how to tell me about their decision, but he worked up the nerve and said that they had finally found the right place for Alex. I began to protest and tell them that Alex shouldn't be released into the wild because of his injury and he could die there. I burst into tears. Mom said that Alex wouldn't go there. He wouldn't even get into the nature reserve. Alex would go to a wonderful safari park where he and friendly lions like him would play together. Alex and Tom came to the living room, both looking very sad. They seemed to understand that it was time for them to say goodbye. I wiped away my tears with my sleeve. Perhaps it was really the best solution because he would make new friends there and there was clearly more territory than our small house. In the morning, the whole family, including Alex, went to the safari park. The director was already waiting for us there. Surprisingly, he wasn't afraid of Alex at all and even stroked him. He walked Alex to the enclosure. I must admit, the territory there was huge, unlike in a zoo. Before leaving, Alex licked my face as he usually did in the morning. Then he turned around and ran away limping. I saw him run to play with other lions. Seeing this, I realized that it was a better place for him. My parents noticed that I was upset. Dad smiled and said that I could visit him every weekend. I was very happy because I wasn't ready to let Alex out of my life, and I realized that he wasn't ready either because then I heard his roar when we left. Don't be afraid, Alex. I'll see you next Saturday. Do you have unusual pets at home? Tell me about your animals in the comments, like the video, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. This was like a dream come true. That gorgeous man in front of me is Ethan. My crush since I was just 14. Back then, Ethan was my dad's business partner. So he'd often come over to our house for dinner. For years, I adored him in secret. But now, at 19... I could finally be honest about my feelings. So, when I ran into him by chance in the grocery store, I felt like it was meant to be. He invited me for a drink in the cafe nearby, and we instantly hit it off. We started dating, and now we're an official couple. There's just one thing that worries me. Ethan is recently divorced and has a 10-year-old daughter, Clarice, who he has full-time. While daydreaming... I couldn't hide away from the thought of being someone's stepmom. Oh my, I didn't want to become a mom yet. Don't worry, Clarice is a cute kid. I just know you two will get along. Clarice gave me a devious smile the moment she saw me. Another fish got hooked. Huh? Hey, that's not the right manner. Apologize, now! Ethan immediately said. Clarice let out a loud, Ugh! then reluctantly apologized. Great! When has it ever been easy to be friends with a naughty ten-year-old girl? I understand this better than most, as I have a little sister. She's either giving me a headache or crazing at me for candy, and I could tell that Clarice was going to be no different. <sighs> 
One day, Ethan called me in a panic, saying he had an urgent business trip. They informed me at the very last minute. I didn't have time to find a babysitter. Can you help me take care of Clarice for a few days? What? I've only just met the girl, and now I have to mind her for a few days? I still didn't know what to say when Ethan continued. I'll make it up to you after this. And then, the next thing I knew, Clarice was at my front door. Oh gosh, somebody help me! Well, you know those girls that age, like my little sister? I kept pouring out while Mike just smiled and slightly shook his head. I have to make her like me to win over Ethan. So, lovely Mike, can you please come hang out with us? Seriously? Please? Aren't you good with the ladies? Fine, you know I can't say no to you. I took Clarice to a theme park. She frowned the moment she saw Mike. Um, who's this? I don't like strangers. I smiled and said, this is Mike. He's really cool and I don't care. Cindy, what kind of situation did you drag me into? Man, I had to ask myself that question. This wasn't what I envisioned it to be. The outing turned into a competition between them. Clarice challenged Mike to play game after game with her until she won. In the end, they played with the water guns, and I knew for sure Mike let her win. But as soon as he let go of his water gun, Clarice squirted water all over him, leaving him completely drenched. Oops. What on earth is this? That's the price for the loser. <laughs> okay, Cindy, that's enough. Have fun. And he stormed off. Oh no, what have I done to him? I stood there dumbfounded, staring at Clarice. Okay, so it was kind of funny, but I couldn't laugh at my poor friend. I want ice cream! Clarice grinned, then skipped away. Hmm, ice cream. A girl after my own heart. On the way home, we talked so much about her fave show, The Babysitter's Club, and how Stacy is her favorite character. Hmm, maybe the day wasn't so bad after all. A few days later, Ethan returned, and I was really excited to see him. Thank you so much for taking care of Clarice. Meanwhile, I noticed Clarice was slowly backing out, with an awkward look on her face. I thought she'd be as happy as me to see him, but it didn't seem that way. Darling, are you okay? Are you sick? I... I'm okay. I need to go to my room. After that, at dinner... The question, are you sick, was raised no less than ten times, and it made me feel sick too. I said I'm not sick, and I don't want to see a doctor. Ethan, I think Clarice is fine, so maybe stop asking her. Hearing that, Ethan seemed uncomfortable and turned away. Weird. What was wrong with them? Maybe this was just something they did. Hmm, whatever it is. I wasn't enjoying this heavy atmosphere. The next day, after lunch, Clarice was helping me clean the table while Ethan was packing to go on his next trip. She insisted on washing the dishes while I said goodbye to Ethan. We were hugging in the doorway when suddenly, I heard a loud scream coming from the kitchen. Ethan and I both rushed in there and saw Clarice crying as she gripped her hand. Ethan frantically asked, What happened? While I quickly searched for a first aid kit. I was washing the dishes, but 
I accidentally cut my hand. Cindy, I'm sorry. I wasn't being careful. Please don't punish me. What? What was she talking about? Ethan seemed to have the same question as me. Cindy always makes me do the chores. She told me if I do them badly, I can't have dinner. Huh? Why was she saying things that weren't true? Turning pale with shock, I muttered out, No, that's not true. I I don't want to stay here. Dad, let me go home. Clarice interrupted me as she was crying harder. I'm so sorry, but I have to go now. I don't even know if you're lying or not. How can you say that to me? Clarice shouted. You monster! Then she ran upstairs. I stood there not knowing what to do. My brain couldn't process what just happened. Ethan looked at me and sighed. Why didn't he say anything? He didn't honestly think I was capable of doing that. Did he? I decided I needed to confront Clarice about this. So I went up to her room and calmly said, Clarice, why did you say that? You forced me to do all the chores. What? How can you lie like that? I never do such a thing. Oh, but are people going to believe you or a poor little girl? Oh, my God. There was me, thinking she was a sweet kid, when in actual fact, she was the complete opposite. I rushed outside and, shaking, I pulled my phone out. I called Mike and told him everything. Oh boy, that kid is complicated. Maybe she doesn't want you to be with her dad. But even so, what she did was weird. I think you should stay away from them. But how to? I couldn't just run away. Besides, Ethan was on his trip. Again, and I was in charge of her. So I kept my distance. No more talking or having fun. But it seemed that Clarice had other ideas. I was watching TV in the living room when Clarice appeared and pulled my shirt. Cindy, I want you to play video games with me. The more silent I was, the harder she pulled. No, Clarice, I'm not in the mood. I shouted, go play by yourself. Then I walked off. A few minutes later, Cass, a senior student, came over to give me some documents. We sat down and had some iced tea. Then suddenly, bam, and a cry. Oh no. Cass and I rushed to the noise. Clarice had fallen down the stairs in the basement and was surrounded by the laundry basket and dirty clothes. Cass quickly ran down there and helped her up. Are you okay? What happened? Cindy told me to do the laundry in time. The basket was so full, so I slipped. No, no, no! I screamed inside my head when Cass gave me a concerned look. Cass, please, I'll explain later. Can you please leave? Why? I screamed at Clarice's face the moment Cass left. If you don't play with me, you'll be a child abuser. You'll have to go to jail. Ugh, this is driving me crazy. Just a few days ago, she wanted her dad to take her away from here, and now she's blackmailing me for not playing with her? Right at that moment, Ethan called. Hi, Cindy. I just want to check on you two. Is Clarice sick or anything? Ugh, what on earth is this? Am I crazy? Or are these two actually weird? OMG. I need Mike. Now.
please take me away from here, I said as I opened the door for Mike. Stop! Clarice shouted. You two can't go anywhere! Oh, now you're telling me what not to do? If you go, I'll tell the whole world how badly you've been treating me. You'll both go to jail! So that's your scam? Her smirk disappeared. She turned pale and stuttered. No, it it was my dad's. Your dad's scam? Clarice looked flustered as she realized what she had just blurted out. Then she quickly covered it up. Nothing! Mike sat down and looked at her with stern eyes. I stood there, waiting for the answer. I... um... my daddy made me! Eventually, Clarice confessed. Turns out... Ethan was a professional scammer who scams young, wealthy girls into giving him money. Worse, he dragged his daughter into his scheme. The plan went like this. He used his handsome looks to flirt with the girls, then Clarice's cuteness to get the girls' empathy. After that, he would go on some last-minute business trip and ask them to take care of Clarice. Meanwhile, Clarice would pretend to be seriously sick. When Ethan arrived back, he would persuade the girls to hand over money for hospital fees, then he and Clarice would disappear out of their lives. At first he told me to do what he said and he'd get me a bike. What about the abusing lie you made up? I asked, still shocked. I made up that excuse so Dad would take me away. I really like you, so I don't want his plan to work. Then why did you continue to act up? Because Cindy was mad at me. And I wanted her to play with me, so I pulled that trick again. Tears streamed down my face. Unbelievable! I voluntarily stepped into his trap right at the beginning. He didn't even have to do much. I felt like such an idiot. After that, we exposed Ethan. Clarice helped us too. Turns out, he's bankrupt, which is why his wife left him and why he's no longer my dad's business partner. Ethan was arrested, but Clarice's mom was out of the country, and she refused to return for her daughter. To be honest, I love Clarice, and I didn't want her to live in the orphanage. So I let her live at my place for a while before I told my parents everything. Obviously, my parents have more capacity and power to deal with this. It took a while for Clarice to get over her guilt and settle in, but now we get on better than ever. She's a sweet, cute girl who deserves far better than her parents have given her. Then one day, I came back home from college to find Clarice placing some roses on the dining table, which was already romantically set up with candles and steak. Cindy, you're back! How can you prepare a full dinner like this? Clarice didn't say anything. She just giggled and ran to her room. Someone hugged me from behind. Would you mind being my date tonight? It was Mike. Thinking about it, I guess my perfect man was right under my nose this entire time. So, grinning, I turned around and replied, I thought you'd never ask. 
Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Wow, this cake tastes like heaven. I reached out to grab another piece when I heard a growl behind me. I told you to be graceful, didn't I? Then mom pulled me over to greet this smartly dressed couple. Ugh, again. They looked me up and down, then said, I heard that you're a gifted pianist. We would love to hear you play. Huh? Piano? I'd never played it before in my life. Before I could say a word, Mom chimed in. Unfortunately, Phoebe's just sprained her wrist. Maybe next time. I looked at her confused. Why would she lie like that? Jeez. Mom, why did you say that I could play the piano? Ah, yes. I may have bragged to them that all of my adopted children are excellent. What can I say? All moms boasted about their kids, right? And yep, I'd grown up in an orphanage before Mom welcomed me into her family. This place is pretty grand, huh? I found it overwhelming at first, and ended up getting lost trying to find my room. Luckily, there are plenty of my adoptive sisters around to show me where to go. I do have ten of them. Yep, you heard me right. Ten. It was as if I had just moved from one orphanage to another, only no more orphaned. And we're all similar ages, which is unusual, as foster parents often prefer younger kids. They said us teenagers are rather stubborn. Not to mention how my adoptive dad is never around. Seriously, I couldn't even tell you what he looks like. So it's just us girls here. I got on best with Collins. She's a couple of years older than me, and we share the same bedroom. As much as I liked living with mom and my sisters, mom did make us all do strange things, such as wear cheesy clothes and walk in a straight line. Worse still, she forced me to learn the piano. Ugh, I was not at all musical. I just made a right din. She also taught me how to eat properly, but it did kind of feel like a dog training session. I was only allowed to eat when she showed a signal, and by the time I could catch up with how to use the silverwares, the meal was already finished. Ugh. But I suppose that's how every mom teaches her daughter, right? And apparently, mom didn't have the patience to coach me anymore, so she handed me over to Collins, her star daughter. We spent an hour every day talking together, or rather, she gave me pointers on how to talk correctly. Collins said I needed to control my volume because I had a tendency to shout my words and it wasn't very ladylike. I had to whisper at the same volume as her and also choose my words carefully to show intelligence and grace. Ugh, maybe it'd be easier if I just didn't say anything at all from now on. Aside from Collins, I didn't have a chance to get to know my other sisters, as Mom made each of us pursue a different aptitude. Then we had to perform for her on our monthly assessment. Mom's overall very gentle and caring, but too strict when it comes to training. So we all have to spend a lot of time and effort in practice. One day, I was trying to make sense of the music sheet when I heard Lexi complain, Ugh, why does Mom force me on this mission impossible? So boring. What? At least ice skating is 1,000 times more fun than the piano. If only. An idea popped into my head. That night, I went to my mom and timidly said, Mom, I want to switch from piano lessons to ice skating. 
I can exchange with Lexi. I... What? No. But why? Lexi doesn't even like ice skating. Um, well, it's because I can see potential in each one of you, so it's impossible to switch. Frustrated, I went back to my room and began whining to Collins. But she thought that it wasn't a big deal. Mom knows what's best for us. Well, that I'm not too sure about. Because... Yet we didn't even get to go to school. As mom said, her homeschooling was enough. While I only found her method rather strange. I've dreamed of this perfect life with an amazing mom. But mom was never very affectionate. It didn't matter how much we studied or tried to perfect our chosen hobby. She never cuddled or praised us. Not even Collins, who's the smartest girl here. I was desperate to impress mom. So one time I spent ages making this Portuguese appetizer for her but all she did was take one bite and say it was okay. I asked her if she didn't like me, but she just replied in a growl tone that she was helping us to have a high position in society and a bright life. But I don't need those things. I just wanted her to like me. This place is so stuffy, and the only time that I can actually breathe is when I'm on my Friday morning bread-buying errand. Ugh. Then suddenly someone patted me on my shoulder, which startled me so much I dropped my stuff. Hey, it's... Really you. But is something wrong with you? Why the strange walk? The only thing I'm good at is buying bread, but now you've ruined it. See? Jet stooped down to pick it up for me. He was still as rude as ever, but I still found myself jealous of this free spirit off him. We used to be a perfect match at our orphanage, and quite embarrassing to admit, but I was very naughty back then, and often shoplifted with him. You could go steal some more remember our tricks? I have to tell you three things. Firstly, I've been adopted. Secondly, my adoptive family is wealthy. And finally, I'm being educated to be a noble lady, so no more stealing. That's ridiculous. I also have three things for you. I've been adopted too. My parents love me so much. Oh, and they're cops. We looked at each other and burst out laughing. So we were both caught, weren't we? Jet and I sat down on a nearby bench to catch up, and when I poured my heart out about my new family, he interrupted me. Sounds strange to me. Why would they only adopt teenage girls? And what are those training lessons and monthly evaluations for? Then, Jet insisted that he would investigate my adoptive family. That's silly. <laughs> but anyway, it's fun to reunite with a friend, and we agreed to hang out every Friday after that. And here comes my first assessment. Of course, I couldn't even play a simple melody, so I had to study for three more hours every day. My sisters suffered even more. Kinsley was forced to abstain from food because she weighed two kilograms more than the standard. In contrast, Willow had to eat continuously at night in order to gain five kilograms. If it's to this extent, then it must have not been simply for the sake of the casual boasting of a mom, right? On the next Bread Friday, I told Jet about last week's assessment. He firmly stated that there was a problem with my family. I don't think so, Jet. Mom just wants the best for us. Listen, Phoebe, I think she trained you guys on purpose. Each of you has to be good at a certain subject, just like the shopping orders. Orders? Don't go too far. You know Kobe beef? Cows are made to listen to music, given beer to drink, and massaged, but in the end, you know what the outcome is. Oh no. Is that what this is? Mom always said that she would give us the best life as long as we worked hard. Were we being tested and stamped like those cows? One day, 
I came home to Collins, excitedly packing her suitcase. Mom said she's taking me to a new school tomorrow. So Collins was leaving? But where? I'll miss you, sis. Text me when you get there. But days passed without a word from her. I asked Mom, and she said that Collins' hard work paid off, and she'd been accepted into a prestigious school, but they had a strict no-phones rule. Huh. That sounded sus. So I told Jet, and he insisted I report the case. Another Friday. Jet and I met at a church near the bakery. Huh. Why did he choose this boring place? I was looking around when I saw a group of schoolgirls coming out of the church. They all wore the same dull uniform, had their hair neatly tied back in a bun, and all obediently lined up. Then there I saw her. Collins? I was about to rush over to greet her, but the glare of the woman accompanying her scared me off. This was not right. I'd got to ask Collins what was going on. So I grabbed Jet's arm and went after the group. But they got into a black car and sped away. Maybe they chose this church as a place for their transactions. Smart, huh? They put everyone in school uniform so no one would suspect them. But seeing those faces, I'm sure they're about to be sent to the black market soon. Black market? The thought alone made me shudder. I had to save Collins. I couldn't let mom get away with this. That night, I tiptoed downstairs to eavesdrop. Okay, I'll deliver her this weekend. Correct. She's 5'7". She can ice skate. Cooking and painting? Of course. I have her trained as required. You won't be disappointed. So the deal goes as planned, okay? See you on Sunday. That's it. The next delivery was Lexi. I checked her room and saw her packing her stuff, a beam of innocent happiness on her face. I quickly texted Jet, and he immediately replied, Just wait at home calmly. Don't act without thinking. I'll figure something out. That night, I couldn't sleep a wink. I was so terrified something terrible would happen to Lexi. So early the next morning, as soon as I saw Mom and Lexi getting in the car to leave, I snuck into the trunk, lay there without making any sound, and sent Jet the location. The car took a long time to stop. Had we finally arrived at the transaction location? When it seemed safe, I carefully climbed out and saw Mom talking to a fastidious-looking middle-aged woman. What did Mom say that made Lexi so panicked that she kept clutching Mom's hand? The woman handed Mom a rather thick envelope then grabbed Lexi's hand and dragged her away. God, where was Jet? I couldn't just sit still like this and watch my sister being taken away. Let Lexi go! Now! Phoebe, what are you doing? Stop it! You're going to sell us, aren't you? I already know the truth. What on earth are you talking about, Phoebe? Furious, Mom pulled me away. Stop! Suddenly, two cops rushed in, ordering everyone to put their hands up. Behind them was Jet, still panting. Turns out they were Jet's adoptive parents. Help me! Mom's trying to sell me and my sister. Seeing that, the other woman quickly explained, No, there must be a misunderstanding here. I'm just helping Gianna's daughter to enroll at my school. Bewildered, my eyes darted from Mom to the other woman and then to Jet. In the principal's office, I told everyone why I thought my mom was a human trafficker. They all gasped in surprise. I made you practice that hard just because I want you to get in here, the most prestigious all-girls school, so that you can have a better life. I don't want to go to this school anymore, Mom. She told me all about the harsh rules. This place is terrifying. You can't force your kids to do that. You adopted them, so you have to make them feel safe and loved. Miss Gianna, this is a prestigious school, and it doesn't need your scandal. You led me to believe that your daughters were naturally gifted, which now transpires is all lies. I won't accept any child from your family from now on. No, they're my children. 
They deserve the best. Then she begged the principal to withdraw her decision, but she firmly shook her head. Suddenly, Mom shouted, Why? I just want them not to suffer like me. So what's wrong with that? Then Mom burst into tears. It turns out that in the past, Mom was in love with a politician. But he decided it would further his career if he chose to marry a graduate from this prestigious school instead. Mom loved him so much, she continued to be his mistress. But despite being fully provided for by him, Mom always felt that she was inferior to his official wife, especially when he proudly boasted about his smart wife and talented daughters. Then, when she wanted to start her own family, he wouldn't allow it. In the end, she decided to adopt girls and train them to become excellent so that they could enter this school regardless of their background. So that's the reason why she did this to us. I have to admit, I did feel a bit sorry for her. All of this was probably just to ease the pain of her past. But mom, we don't want to go to this snooty school. We just want you to love us and protect us. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was only trying to help. I'm sorry. It's all my fault. And she hugged me. So, in the end, my sisters and I finally have a truly happy family. Mom doesn't make us do any dumb tasks anymore. Instead, she lets us pursue our own dreams and passions. Now we all go to a public school and live out our normal teen lives. It's wonderful finally having an amazing mom, incredible sisters, and my pretty awesome best friend, Jet, all by my side. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I was learning to walk in my high heels when my mom kept grumbling. Straighten your back, take a long step. Why don't you look like me at all? I reluctantly did as she said, but then my heels suddenly broke, causing me to slip and fall to the ground. In a panic, I grabbed a nearby staff member and accidentally pulled his pants down. My mom was so horrified, she quickly rushed over to pull me away while screaming. My god, you're such a shame! Hi, I'm Natalie, and it was the first time I put my feet in high heels. The woman who had dragged me away just then, I had only met her a few days ago. I grew up with my grandfather in the countryside. From a young age, I was used to wearing loose, comfortable clothes, high boots, and doing all farm work. Thanks to that, I'm tough like a guy. One day, a haughty woman suddenly appeared in front of our house. My grandfather angrily talked with her, then a little later, he suddenly packed my luggage and told me to follow the strange woman. I worriedly asked him, well, What's going on, Grandpa? Why are you packing my stuff? Because, honey, your mother has come to pick you up. What? He sighed in frustration. Turns out, after my dad died, my mom brought me to him and left without a word. After 10 years of neglecting me, she suddenly returned and wanted to take me away. Grandpa looked at me lovingly. I'm old and can't take care of you anymore. Follow her. You'll be able to go to college and play professional basketball just like you want. But what about you? Don't worry. I'll be here whenever you want to come back. I cried and hugged my grandfather. I really wanted to stay, but at his persuasion, I agreed to follow my mom back to the city. 
Sitting in the car, my mom suddenly sniffed the air and scowled. What's that smell? I sniffed my shirt and shyly replied. It's sheep. I hugged them this morning. Ew! After several hours of traveling, we finally reached the city. My new house was a spacious apartment on the 25th floor with a panoramic view of the city. Wow! My mom seemed to be rich. She led me into a messy room and coldly said, Clean it up. You'll stay here from now on. The next day, after a restless night, my mom told me that I would have to change quickly to adjust to my new life. I must become a princess as soon as possible. What the hell? Soon after, she took me to a beauty spa. I screamed as the employer roughly waxed my leg, which made me feel sorry for all the sheep I had shaved. After making my skin shiny, she took me to the hairdresser and demanded that they give me long blondy hair. There are no princesses with short hair. That's what she said. Not stopping there, my mom continued to drag me to the mall and forced me to try one outfit after another. She only approved a white dress with red high heels. You start school tomorrow. Remember to dress like a real princess. Am I going to dress like this every day? Yes. Just like that, the next day, I was taken to school in a luxury car. The driver opened the door for me to step out and everyone stared at me in awe like I was a celebrity, but no one dared to approach me. Soon, the boring routine of attending school then going back to the gloomy apartment made me feel so sad. I craved the freedom of running and working on the farm. One day, I was so bored that I went to the school basketball court, grabbed the ball and threw it in the basket. Score! I threw a few more shots and suddenly, a group of girls saw that and excitedly ran to me. Ooh, the new girl has got skills! Wanna join us, hotshot? I happily agreed. Thanks to my time on the farm, I ran faster and had more stamina than anyone. They were so impressed that they even asked me to join the team for an upcoming match. I was so excited! But one day, my mom came to school to pick me up while I was on the basketball court. Seeing her approaching, I panicked and hurriedly changed back into a dress, but a member suddenly called my name. Natalie, do the three-pointer! My mom glared at me. You dare to play this crude sport? I quickly signaled to my teammates to shut up. They're kidding, mom! I'm on the cheerleading team! Isn't that right, girls? <laughs> My friends quickly nodded in fear. Another day, she took me to a large building like a castle. An elegant elderly woman walked up to me and hugged me lovingly. Mom introduced her as my grandmother and they were holding a welcome party for me. Inside, everyone looked like real princes and princesses. However, the way they looked at me was not friendly at all. A guy came up to introduce himself as my cousin and invited me to dance. Since I had never danced before, I messed up and stepped on his foot, causing him to wail. Just then, mom angrily rushed over and pulled me to a corner. You clumsy brat! If you keep acting like that, grandma won't give us our inheritance. It turned out, my mom was looking for me only because she wanted to have more inheritance before grandma made her will. I was extremely disappointed. I don't want to be here anymore! I'll return to grandpa! Foolish child! Do you know how his farm is maintained? I've been sending him money every month. If you come back, I'll make sure that farm becomes miserable. So I had no choice but to continue playing the perfect princess. Soon the day my basketball team had a match come. 
Mom thought that I would be performing as a cheerleader that day, so she decided to come and watch me. As a result, I had to wear a cheerleading outfit that she chose herself. That's better. Who wants to watch girls play basketball anyways? They'll only notice the pretty cheerleaders. Just when I didn't know what to do, fortunately, due to an emergency, my mom couldn't come to the match, but I still had to compete in my cheerleading outfit since I couldn't bring along my basketball uniform. The whole audience was shocked when they saw my clothes. The referee furiously demanded that I change into another outfit or I would be disqualified. Then suddenly, someone came and whispered to him. A few seconds later, I was allowed to continue playing. Phew! Thanks to that, we had an extraordinary match against a crazy formidable opponent. When there was only one minute left, I was holding the ball. It was our final chance. I held my breath, reached out to throw, and it was a perfect shot! The whole field burst in excitement and we became victorious! When the joy of winning wasn't over, the next day, I was surprised again when my grandmother called us in to announce her will. Everyone was present. My cousin looked at me and smiled. Hello, basketball princess. Turns out, someone posted a video of me playing basketball in a dress online. But more shockingly, when grandma read my mom's name, she said mom would get nothing. Mom turned to me furiously. It was you and your stupid basketball game that ruined your image as a princess. Now we don't get a dime. But then my grandmother suddenly turned to me and said, Natalie. If you give up basketball and become a real princess, you'll have your inheritance. What do you think, honey? I thought silently for a long time while mom kept nodding at me. Then I held my hand and firmly declared, I will continue to play basketball. I want to be myself. I see. You'll still have your entire inheritance and also your mother's property. The whole family looked at her in shock. She smiled mischievously. Why do you think you could wear that cheerleading outfit to compete? Because I allowed it. When I was still stunned, she explained that she was the biggest sponsor of women's basketball tournaments in our country. She knew I loved basketball and had secretly come to see my match. Then she led me into a room filled with pictures of her playing basketball when she was young. She told me about her passion for basketball and how she struggled to hide it. Because at her time, people only appreciated gentle and beautiful girls. Now that you have me, you can live the life you want. After that day, my mom became empty-handed, and grandma asked her to find a suitable job and live more responsibly. I really hope that mom can change so we can understand each other better. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.